during our sharing of joys and concern, we are, we are going to be praying today for Spring Creek. Spring Creek Church of the Brethren in Hershey, yeah. And let's see who's, who's praying for us. West Green Tree in E-Town is going to be praying for us. So uh, two good congregations. Uh, in case you don't know, Pete Contra, our district uh, representative, district executive, was pastor at Spring Creek, and then he went to Hempfield, and now he's down at, at the district office. So he's a local boy. He was also out in the Midwest, too, for a while, if I remember correctly. I think if I remember correctly. But, uh, and he came back to, to Hempfield. But anyhow, we're going to uh, address our joys and concerns, and you have your prayer ministry guide. And Christine, is there anything that you need to point out that did not get on that? Let me get back there to you. Yes, I have uh, two deaths here that have happened. Uh, that the one is our son-in-law, Jerry Rule. His oldest brother, Jim, passed away on two, yeah, Thursday. He was 64 years old. Died very suddenly. He has had a lot of health problems, seriously. I'm not sure if it was a heart attack or what, but his services will be on Wednesday of this week at uh, Sheets Funeral Home in Mount Joy, 9.30 to 11, visitation time, and then 11 o'clock is a service, all at the funeral home at Sheets. So I just wanted to have prayer for that family, and then I'll let Eleanor Long report on, she just told me that Anna Lehman died that same day, oh. last Thursday, so I'll let her report with that. Anybody on this side before I go over to Eleanor? Karen? Nancy? Let me get over here. Just to mention that Thursday is our National Day of Prayer. Okay. We as a nation. Yeah. Yeah. National Day of Prayer on Thursday. Karen? Donna said that she updated you guys um, on my grandson last Sunday, but um, his surgery for his um, belly button being attached to his, or yeah, bladder and belly button being attached is this Friday. We don't know what time yet. He may or may not have to stay overnight. And then um, as far as his skull closing too soon, uh, that was supposed to be addressed in June, but the doctor changed his mind. He has an appointment with a neurologist on May 17th, so... Just keep praying for him. Um, not sure what was going on last night, but she texted me and said that he stopped breathing for like held his breath and got bright red and then like screamed like they've never heard a noise out of him for about 30 seconds and then he seemed okay. So not sure what's going on. So just keep praying. Huh. Okay. Eleanor, we're going to get over to you finally. Services will be on this coming Wednesday at Shanks Church, uh, visitation 10 to 11. Funeral is at 11, and prayer is at 10. Okay. All right. Amy? Does this thing work? Is it on? Okay. Okay. So, Doc's been having some shoulder issues, and we thought that it was possibly from rotator cuff, so he did the 
loves going to the doctor. Um, not at all. So he had an MRI, and then we met with the doctor on Friday, and it's not a cranial bulge. But there is some deterioration of the muscles that surround the shoulder, and he gave us two positive things that it could be cancer. They're not really sure. And they said it's not like a Which shoulder is it? The right, and you're right-handed. Well, you always have your left hand. Hey, keep me in mind if you need any, any surgery. Yeah, that's, that's a strange one. I never heard of that. You know, with the two Henri kids you have, I can see where things would start going bad. I don't. It's not on. It's not working. It's on, but it's just not. I'll hold it up to my mouth, even though it's not. Probably a good thing. We got to go. Yeah. And I thought it was kind of interesting. 
got a dog. Poor guy. Let's come before the Lord with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for hearing our, our verbal prayers, our verbal explanations of what's going on within our lives and those of our loved ones. But we have so many more things going on that we don't verbalize. And so we ask that you hear us as we know you will. Because you hear all things. So many things going on in our life, so many people that are hurting, so many people that are suffering from the loss of loved ones. Comfort them, Lord. Comfort them and let them know that you are in charge. You are the one that is the great physician. You are the one that knows all, hears all, sees all. Thank you. We have a loving God. You are it. No doubt about it. We have thoughts turned to Spring Creek Church of the Brethren, large congregation locally, Lord. Give them stamina, give them, give them the, the emphasis of moving within their congregation, within their community, within their town. Let them know that we are praying for them. Let them know that they are loved. Thank you for their leadership. Thank you for their pastors. Thank you team of supervisors and for the congregation. Lift them up. Ensure that they love you. Thank you. Lord, we have so many things going on in our country. So many violent acts against innocent individuals, regardless of who they are, wherever they may be. It's just not right. We don't understand. We feel that the biggest problem is that people don't seek you. We know that seeking you, having you in our lives, certainly is It's the main thing. We want to keep praying. so many things across the country, Lord, and, and across the world that just tears our hearts apart. Help individuals that are suffering. Thank you, Lord, for their faith. Thank you for their ability to hold on to them. Lord, back home, give us
the offerings? Oh, yeah, yeah, Liz. Okay, all right, I missed it. Okay. Uh, we'll do our offering at this time. Kayla uh, is not available, so we'll do this offering at this time. So if our ushers will come forward. Yes, indeed, Lord, praise you, lift you up, and thank you, Lord, for these offerings that have been given by your people to your church. Thank you, bless them, bless those that have given. Let us be good stewards of these offerings. Let us use them for your Pray this in Jesus' holy name. While you're standing, we have another hymn. It's number 543. When the roll is called up yonder, let's sing number 543.
Can anybody say amen? Amen. amen. All right. There is um, there's a wonderful reality that that song is, is uh, singing about. And it's a reality that, that outpaces our mental ability to really fully understand it. But it's real. Now, this pulpit's real, and my, this physical Bible here, that's real. Carpet I'm standing on is real. The pews you're sitting on is real. Clothing you're wearing is real. But I'll tell you what, there's something that is more real than real. And when that day comes, some, some will be clueless because we didn't reach them with the word. And some will be clueless because they gave their heart to darkness and gave their heart to sin. And so that latter category, uh, you know, what, a, what an awesome thing that'll be. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, you, you, you looked at my what my message was and come up with some hymns here, folks. He, he picked these hymns. We're talking about heaven. We're talking about what happens when you die. We're talk about real life. There, you know, I got, in this body, there's this life thing, you know. There, I got cells and the blood's running around and my lungs are putting the, how does, how's, and I need the school teacher, my lungs put the oxygen in the blood to run it out to the cells or something. She's not a science teacher. Other than that, we're clueless. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, well, I tell you, there's a life. There's a life that outpaces the earthly life. And if your physical life, I could call it a lesser life, if that life ends and you've got the real life and you've got the one who is the real life, that's the Lord Jesus. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The life, not a life, the life. And if you have him, when your body quits, guess what happens? <laughs> talking with Stanley a little bit, he goes, yeah, it, it's not just going to be better. The Apostle Paul says in, it's in Philippians, Philippians chapter 1. It's far better. It's going to be far better. Uh, in, and here's what it says in, in Corinthians. I has not seen, neither ear heard, neither entered into the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for those who love him. Do you love him? <laughs> if you love him, if you've given your heart to him, it's going to be so much greater that we're going to be startled. We're, go you know. By the way, when we get there, I'll, I'll just say to you, I told you so. 
<laughs> I told you this was going to be good. Really good. And it's going to be a real life that far outpaces anything here. This is temporary. Do you know this is not heaven? Do you know this is not heaven? Nothing close to heaven? Nothing, well, not even, it almost is beyond words, folks. I, that's what I see. And, and for you to say, oh, Lord Jesus, what I want, Lord, more, more than heaven, Lord, I just want you. Because where, wherever he's at, it's good. And there may be gold streets. There may be the river with the trees for the healing of the nations. There may be the gates and there may be the throne. But the thing I really want to see is Jesus. <laughs> and Jesus, let me tell you, he's the one that makes heaven, heaven. And we as believers, listen, and this uh, sermon flows out of years and years. <laughs> yeah, that's a dangerous thing. You know, Paul, Paul preached at midnight, and I said in Sunday school, yeah, if you, if you preach at midnight, I'm not going to sit in the window because I know what happened to that guy. <laughs> he, he fell out, he died, and they had to resurrect him right there, you know. Well, we're not going to take chances on that. We're not going to go to midnight and, Lord... We just pray for miracles. You know, if you don't, Lord, if you don't do miracles in the sermon, you know, the preacher, yeah, he's in big trouble. He's in more trouble than he knows. <laughs> I don't even consider myself worthy to preach this stuff. This is so, stuff is so amazing. And I, so I want you to think of somebody today, someone that has departed, someone that you loved. I can remember, listen, listen to this carefully, Ryan, Brother Ryan. I can remember when I was two years old. I can remember incidents and circumstances. <laughs> My mom said, oh, you can't either. And I begin to tell her stuff, you know. And she goes, well, I guess you do. <laughs> Listen, I can remember a great-grandmother, Culp, C-U-L-P, and she departed. All four of my grandparents have departed. I have aunts and uncles that have, are departed. A lot of wonderful brothers and sisters in Christ. Guy told me, I don't know if he was counting them or what, but... Before I left Ohio, which was the year 2000, he said, well, you've, in 25 years, you've done about 300 funerals. And I don't know if he was taking averages or what. I can remember weeks where I did four funerals in one week. And you know what the challenge is with that? Is make sure when you're at the cemetery that you use the right name. You know, you know which one is this? 300 funerals, and then I get to Coventry, and I, I did close to 100 at Coventry. Bunch of those folks I didn't know. You know, I was, 
I was the pastor across the street in Ohio, across the street from the funeral home. And I, and the, so the, and I was the, of, of the eight churches in town, I was the only pastor that wasn't part-time in a factory someplace. All right. So I was there all week. And so guess who he called? Hey, Sandy, uh, we, got, we got a body. This was a funeral drive. We got a body. And I go, yeah, well, I had a lot of brothers and sisters in Christ. I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to seeing them again. People I could say I dearly love. There's one cemetery out there that got hundreds of them. Man. I've seen all kinds of amazing things happen at funerals. <laughs> I'll just tell you one funeral story. I, I got about 50 of them. <laughs> and the funeral director could do more than that, you know. And so uh, we get to the cemetery one day, and the funeral director's over there. And I noticed he pulls, there's wooden chairs there in the little little tent, you know, at over the grave. And Here's the casket, and there's a thing that holds the casket, and that you can see the grave down there. And he pulls the chairs away from the grave. And I know that this family that is lost, her, the lady's name was Mary. I even remember the name of the, the uh, woman. Her name was Mary. Uh, yeah, she was sort of a character. Once in a while came to church. Uh, but her family had this reputation of not taking funerals too good. And he's out there pulling these chairs away from the casket and away from the grave. All right. You know, and so I'm in here and I'm so I do the the committal thing and and uh, and I'd heard he had said, now you gotta be careful because Unusual things happen with this family. When a, when, when immediate member of the family departs, they, you know, uh, you, he says, you just sort of got to watch him. Well, he didn't tell me the whole story because he had seen all kinds of stuff. But so there, you know, and so the family's there, and I go, well, they seem pretty normal to me. And they did. They sort of seemed normal, you know, until I prayed the last prayer, and I said the last amen, and they go clunk, 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 clunk. Four of them pass out in a dead faint. And he goes like this. And down behind the hill in this cemetery, here comes the ambulance, and they just load them up in the ambulance, and they take them to the hospital. <laughs> they had a problem with funerals, folks. And, and somewhere along the line, I always felt bad I didn't get to preach this sermon to them. Because God has made us, you and me, when we see loved ones depart. And, you know, so you think about, you know, maybe one or two that people that, that you've known that are departed. Could be a, a spouse, could be 
brother, sister, maybe a child, maybe whoever. Listen, listen. God has made us in such a way that when those people depart, we're going to have a sense of loss, and that loss is expressed in what? In grief. Now, I don't, I don't spell this out so much during funerals. So this is sort of this, the other part, you, don't, you know, like Paul Harvey says, the rest of the story. He's made you to recognize your own mortality, your own proneness to someday, somehow, some way, pass from this life yourself. And in that, have a sense of, your, of the grief of the loss of this one. But the grief, you know, like John Donne in his poem, way, way, way back, what, 600 years or something, he said, don't ask whose the bell is tolling for, it is tolling for you. And there's a part of this that the grief that that family that went clunk, 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 and they all fell out of their chairs. And the reason he pulled his chairs back, so they went in end up down there in the grave. Oh, can you imagine? Thank you, Lord, for a smart funeral director. They, 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 they recognized their own mortality, and the grief was more than they could physically bear. That's what was going on there, see. God has provided this wonderful book to bring into our lives a dimension of comfort in the face of that grief of loss about the mortality of the ones we have loved that have already departed and the potentiality of our own demise. There isn't a one here, unless Jesus comes first, oh, he might, he might. There isn't a one here that's going to escape it. And this is just a fascinating thing I have looked at over the years. You know, this, how many times have I thought the following week, you know, that sermon I preached last Sunday, was that was the last one they heard. <laughs> oh, God, I hope I said something right. And if I say something right, it may be, <laughs> sometimes I make a mistake and say something right <laughs> at the right time. We need, I need, the Word of God. And, and you know, and other people can give me that word, you, you know. And so I'm, God forbid, something terrible happens, a tragedy, whatever. That happens. That happens. It almost happened with my dad a number of years before he finally died of cancer. He was on a construction site. He was my age. He was in his, well, in his 70s. He was in his 70s construction site my brother was contractor and so they were setting the exterior walls of the of this house my brother and my dad all right my 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 brother hired my dad on just to sort of help him out and they were moving they had built a the exterior wall panel 
set it in, uh, we're setting it in the process of setting it in place for the front door. Okay, the door was the open space there on this panel, and they were moving it around, and not, my dad wasn't paying attention, and he fell headlong 14 feet down a stairway opening, no stairs, on the concrete, and he landed on his head, and he split his, his scalp open from here all the way back to here, and from here across. And my, my brother, my brother is sure he's, he looks down there and all he sees is blood. That's what he told me later. He says, I was sure he was dead. And he says, you know about me and blood? I go, yeah. I said, I'm sort of that way, but not as bad as you. He sees blood and guess what? He passes out. But before he passed out, my brother passed out, the, the, the neighbor saw what happened. There was a neighbor there. And the neighbor was a Christian, and he came over, and uh, he saw my, my brother. My brother passed out, and he, so he got a ladder and went down to where my dad was, and he said to my dad, my dad never lost consciousness. Now, think about this, folks. Sir, do you know Jesus? And my dad says, I sure do, and I'm ready, <laughs> you know. And there just happened to be a care flight in the area, and they whisked him away, and, and my dad lived, uh, you know, beyond that, survived that. But boy, did he stare death in the face that day. And that may happen to you, but there is comfort in the Word of God in the face of all of this. And we want to see that. Let's... Uh, Open, open the scripture, open your Bibles. If, I, if you see me pulling the chairs back at the cemetery, you'll know why. <laughs> oh, Pastor Sandy thinks we might pass out. First Thessalonians, would you please? Oh, wonderful passage. Oh, you know, we could... I had troubles figuring out where to start, and so let's just use the part that I use a lot. <laughs> First, First Thessalonians, I'm sorry, First Thessalonians chapter 4, and picking up with verse 13, and uh, face uh, First Thessalonians, Paul talks about facing a lot of difficult things, but here... Here is one of them. And so let's just read that passage from verse 13 to the end of chapter 4. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren. By the way, you know there are some ignorant brethren. I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Metaphoric. Passing from this life, I believe, is like going to sleep. Do you remember going to sleep last night? I don't. It's going to be sort of like that. But this thing of using the word sleep is metaphoric from 
from our point of view. Now listen, Paul also says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. All right, and you, you know, people, well, do, will we know each other when we get to heaven? And other dumb questions. You know, it is really, really, really true. It's like saying, will we know each other when we get to Campbelltown? Will we know each other when we get to Hershey? Will we know each other when we get to Palmyra? Will we know each other when we get to heaven? Uh-huh. <laughs> if, if you are you and I am me, we will know each other. And uh, I... I'm hoping that for a, uh, a, what do they call it, a, a, a do-over or whatever, you know? So, that's, that, you know, I'm going to look better than this. You know what? That's a promise. We will be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet it will sound, and the dead in Christ shall be raised, and we shall be changed. That's the end of, of uh, 1 Corinthians 15. Uh-huh. And you're, you're going to look better than ever before. <laughs> Isn't that nice to know? But that's not the most wonderful thing. That's not, listen. Some brethren are ignorant. I was one of them. And, you know, and I still am. If I haven't really read the Bible close, I'm still ignorant. If I read it, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. The reason some people sorrow so much, and this may have been that family that passed out at the, at the graveside, just like Don, it was just like dominoes. Clunk, 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 clunk. Is they don't have the sense of the hope. What's his hope? This is an expectation, yes indeed, <laughs> that is going to be far better. There is no way in which it will not be better. Any way you can think of, it's going to be better. Because we celebrated last Sunday and what happened with Jesus and his tomb being empty and he was raised from the dead, this changes everything. He says, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. It doesn't mean you don't sorrow at all, but it, this is not a hopeless sorrow. The first thing he's telling us, no, you don't need to have a hopeless sorrow. If you have sorrow, if you grieve the passing, that's normal for any person to grieve the passing of a loved one. But you know, and I remember when my dad died and standing there and saying, uh, Dad, I'm going to see you someday. I had sorrow at his passing, but I got hope, you see. Do you have that hope? Paul's going to talk about that. Verse 14, he sort of opens it up. 
For if we believe, if we believe, if is, yeah, some don't. That's the, the ignorant brethren don't. And somebody asked me one time, way, 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 way back, do you believe there's a heaven? And I go, well, I sort of think. <laughs> no, this, we're talking about believing beyond, well, I hope so, maybe so, hope so. No, no, this is, yeah, God says it in his word, and I believe his word. And he tells me to depart is not just going to be better, it's going to be far better. <laughs> oh, I don't know what it's going to be, but yeah, it's going to be better than this. If we believe that Jesus died, do you believe he died? And rose again. What, what do you believe about Jesus? Now this, this is not just saying, oh, you know, what do you believe about the president of the United States? Do you think he's a good guy or bad? No, no, no. It's not like that kind of question. This is the question of what happened to Jesus? And why did he do it? Did he die for our sins on that cross? And was he raised from the dead to the glory of the Father because death could not hold him? Do you believe that? Even so, if Je okay, if Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him, that's Jesus, those who sleep in Jesus. All right, so some day along the way, you know, this body's going to quit. You know, we always want to be ready, right? Are you ready? I go, Lord, Lord, give me grace. Help me be prepared. And my body quits. They stuff me in a this casket thing and they put me in the ground end of story <laughs> don't believe it that it's the end of the story and if you see yourself dying if you see yourself dead if you see yourself dead and buried Don't think that that's the end. Can you see how that takes the sting out of it? <laughs> yeah, well, they, they may put me in a box and they may stuff me in the ground and they may cover it over. But I'm not staying there. If he says I'm not staying, I'm going to go with what he says. And if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, even so, what? Even so, look at it. Even so, God will bring with him, that's Jesus, those who sleep in Jesus. In other words, here comes the Lord Jesus, and right with Jesus, here comes Sandy. <laughs> or fill in the blank with your name. Here you're coming. Or my dad, here he comes with Jesus. Here comes my dad. <laughs> That's really what this is saying. 
For the Lord himself, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord himself will descend from heaven. Now, where did he go? And go back there and ask? Yeah, and that all the disciples are there, and yeah, and there he goes. And where did Jesus go from the Mount of Olives? Where did he go? He went up into the air. And a cloud, what, yeah, I've said this before. I remember me saying this in this room before. Was it a storm cloud? Was it a, what kind of cloud was it? Was it a rain cloud? Was it, was this a cloud? Maybe this is white fluffy clouds. Or was this a cloud of glory? By the way, that's the one. That's the box I check. I think it's a cloud of glory. And so, uh, and the angel said there in Acts, "Why are you standing here gazing up into heaven? Don't you know this same Jesus, which you have seen depart? He's going to come back." That's a sure. By the way, yeah, you. Acts chapter 1, I'm not even going to give you verses because you could, you could just read the whole chapter. <laughs> it's a good chapter. And he's going to come back. Jesus is coming back. How alive is your Jesus? Oh, you know, he was raised from the dead and he went into heaven. Well, is he still alive? <laughs> Jesus is no less alive. He's more alive now than ever before. And he's coming back. And whoever are his, are you his? Do you give your heart and your life to him? Hey, best decision you will ever make. Give your heart and life to Jesus. And when he comes, yeah, we'll be with him. Here's, here's let's, let's look at the whole thing. This we say to the, to you by the word of the Lord, verse 15, this, is, this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. That, now that's my grandparents, that's my aunts and uncles, that's my dad, that, and all those good folks that I helped bury out there in the cemetery that were fellow believers they're going to what I'm not going to precede them they're going to precede me and they're going to be raised from the dead and they're going to be with the Lord and then, then something's going to happen to me and you if you believe we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. That's all the ones I knew. That's all the ones I never knew. 
And the Lord is going to collect. <laughs> That's the best word I can come up with. He will collect all of his own. Are you his? <laughs> are, you, are you looking out the window saying, I'm watching for him? You know, it, might, it could be today. Are you watching? Hey, hey. you know, it's, if it's far better, there are things I like about this life and the loved ones that I know and have. But if it's far, far better, I'm watching for him. Are you watching for him? If you have the Holy Spirit, your heart will watch for him. And you say, well, I don't, I don't know much about that. You, you, just, you just tell the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, put that in me to be watching for Jesus. Oh, God, I need that. I need that. I want that. The dead in Christ will rise, and we who are alive and remain, that's at the point of his return, shall be caught up. There is a catching up. You're where? Yeah, feet are on the ground. You're going to be caught what? Up. <laughs> How are you getting up? <laughs> yeah, you better be believing something. Lord, if you want me to float in the air when Jesus was there in the Mount of Olives, what? He, he was caught up. And whatever happened to Jesus, it's going to happen to you and me. Somehow we're going to go up. Caught up together. And it's not going to be just me and my wife. <laughs> it's going to be the whole bunch. And he's going to gather us. We shall be caught up together with them. That's the ones that, that, were, there, that were in the grave that he raised up. To meet, to meet, to meet the Lord in the air. I have never physically seen Jesus Christ. Physically. Now spiritually what? You know, yeah, I'll recognize him because he dwells in my heart by faith and I know him by who he is and who he is in my heart, all right? But I will meet him that day. <laughs> it's going to be, what a day that's going to be. To meet the Lord and, and look at this, and thus... We shall always be with the Lord. Now, now this passage doesn't tell us, okay, when we're caught up, then we will whisk off into heaven or we're going to come back down with him. We'll go left, we'll go right, we go forwards or back. doesn't say, I don't care which way we go. By the way, there's a big argument over which way we're going to go. We're going to go, you know, some will say this and some will say that and there's all kinds of theology and philosophy and biblical whatever you know they're out there people thinking they're smarter than some others you'll watch that because it's the person who says Lord Jesus my heart belongs to you that guy 
is going to know way more about it than some, some of the most educated. Oh, my, my. It was true in Jesus' first coming. They sort of knew those, those religious types, but it was Anna and Simeon, and they were, they were watching, and they were ready, and they were alert. And who, by the way, you may know more about it than some others who think they know. And the important thing is that we will all, from that point onward, you and me will be with Jesus. Never, never to be separated regardless of how, how you take that last book of the Bible. And so, sometime we might look at that. However it transpires historically, prophecy all eventually becomes history. And, and there's going to be a time when all this stuff is going to be in the past. But the neat thing is, when does heaven start? Yeah, right there in the air. Yeah, that's the start of heaven. Right there it is. One more verse. Wonderful verse. <laughs> I, I have heard some of the most disastrous things said in front of the casket at the funeral home. <laughs> oh, I just know exactly what you're going through. Well, you may sort of know. You may have an experience, but you don't know exactly what they're going through. You don't. Just don't say that. What are the words we are supposed to comfort one another with? The words of, of this whole thing, that if they believed in Christ, you will see them again. They believe in Christ, we will meet together. Yeah, and we will know each other. And we will always be with the Lord forever. And he, he has designed that, this whole thing, right here, right here in this passage. You need to know where this passage is when someone passes away, all right? What does it say? Let's, let's read that last verse and then we close. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. He died. He rose again. He's coming back. And the graves will be empty. And we will be with him. What else do we really need to know? No, that's enough. Lord, that's just having a grasp of that. That's enough, Lord. It gives me peace in my heart and joy in my heart and just a knowledge. He will never leave me or forsake me. His Holy Spirit is always there with me until, until that great and notable day of the Lord. 
Hallelujah, Lord. We just honor and bless and worship your holy name today. We thank you, Lord, that these words are eternally true, forever settled in heaven. And Lord, nigh unto being fulfilled. Real close. This is, Lord, is so close we can taste it. My grandmother thought she would see it. And you know, Lord, she she maybe didn't understand, and maybe I don't understand, but I'll tell you what, Lord, you, pl you placed this in us to be watching and expecting it in our lifetime. Clear back to the Apostle Paul. Lord, it's in us, and we're expecting it, and that is of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for that, placing that in us. May this Comfort our own hearts about our own mortality at the life of Jesus, which comes to us when we say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, be my Lord, be my Savior, that yes, indeed, Lord, when you come in, you bring your life, this eternal life, this life forever. You are the resurrection right on the inside of us, ready to go, the resurrection in us already, before we even get put in the ground. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. What a wonderful Savior. What an amazing Redeemer. Lord, just uh, the hope. Just the outpouring of the hope. The expectation of it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm done.